Hello and welcome. You're listening to the Fearless Podcast with Mark and Amber, the intersection of faith, family, and filmmaking. A day late. A day late, dollar short. Tell tell them why we're late, my love. Oh, well, (laughs) uh, sometimes things break, and I'm sure that you've had things break before and you really need to get them fixed. Mm -hmm. And I feel blessed that we were able to get my dishwasher fixed. We thought we fixed it. (laughs) (laughs) Our dishwasher has had this, this ongoing series of noises that it's been making for the past year mm-hmm. or so. <laughs> well, I just, you know, just want to back up here. Today's podcast, we are just talking about family. We asked you guys what it is you want to hear about. And we had several people send us messages and say, can you just talk about your family? So today it's family day. Starting with our dishwasher. Welcome to the family. <laughs> <laughs> So speaking, the dishwasher is a good object lesson, though. So mm-hmm. we were we were discussing this, and so we both have a similar but pretty different upbringings. Mm-hmm. And so when our children watch, so we have three girls. Uh-huh. Elizabeth is ten. Hannah is seven. And Caitlin. And Caitlin. She's one, almost two. She'll be two at the end of July. Right. She was a surprise. Surprise. Right. But so our children yesterday watched mom and dad work together to try to solve (laughs) the problem. And they watch us do this a lot because we're we're into trying to fix things. All the time. I'm not sure I really want to go on with this podcast. We're not, I, we're not, always not air. successful at it, but we've we've gotten into some grand adventures trying to fix things. I mean, we could we could do a whole week's worth of podcast just talking about car repairs. Oh but, my word! All of the things that we've done. Yeah. So, why don't you tell people a little bit about kind of your extended family and mm-hmm. and. So I have, I have a, a blended family, if you will. Um, I have a twin sister and a younger brother, and then I have an older brother and sister, and we all have, we we have the same dad. So, you know, they're they're my brothers and sisters. So I did not grow up in a Christian home. That was not the way I was raised, and um, so everything that I've learned up to this point in my life has all been. Um, self-educated, if you will. Mm-hmm. You were very much seeking, seeking after the Lord when we first met. Right. Right. And I have a very, uh, a different upbringing. So I was raised in a Christian home. I am, I have one older sister. She's five years older than me. And so I had a, you know, pretty, what I considered a normal, you know, safe upbringing, grew up in a good church, went to Christian school, pre-K through 12. You didn't go to Christian school. In fact, you moved. We counted how many times you had moved. I think the last time we counted, I think I counted nine different schools that I was in from K through 12. And total, by the time we moved into our house here, Mm -hmm. so we we bought our first house Mm -hmm. about four years ago, and we sat down and we counted up how many times we had each moved. And you had moved, what, 17 times or something? I, I can't recall. I, I, it, was, it was a lot. A lot. I, I think it was, it, was, it was more than the average, I think, person <laughs> would want to move. Because let me tell you, it, it's fascinating because when we, when we lived on Kensington, we 
um, we don't live on Kensington now, but that was a home that we rented. Mm-hmm. And for nine years we rented. And I think it was, it was the first time that I'd lived anywhere for that extended amount of time. <laughs> and because I, we, during my childhood and growing up, we moved a lot right. all the time. And, and so right after we got married and we, we were renting, we were renting a house and, and, uh, then before children, we had dogs. <laughs> dogs. We were dog people. We I mean, totally we, were dog people. We still are, but we don't have any of our dogs anymore. They've all passed on. They all died last year. All three of our dogs, our main... Our original our three. Our original three, yeah. because we had five. We had five. So that's how insane of dog people we once were. We were. I love to rescue. I love to love people <laughs> and animals. <laughs> <laughs> so we had the our original was Murray. He was a Australian Shepherd, and uh-huh. he was the only one that we paid for. Right. I bought him. He's the dog I always wanted. Mm-hmm. And then uh, we got a, a bird dog. No, then we got yeah the bird dog yeah. came next. That was Belle. And uh, if you've never had a bird dog, just don't. <laughs> a German just, short hair pointer. Just, just <laughs> no, don't. she was my floppy dog. I She's, loved her. She, she was special, but obstinate. <laughs> yeah, obstinate doesn't even come it was, close. It was good. It was good <laughs> training for children. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's true. The Lord knew we needed dogs before we had kids. <laughs> so then we had our big gentle soul, which was Lily, and she huh. was a Rottweiler lab. She was, what, 120 pounds? Oh, my word, yeah. She was just, a big girl. Just a beast. And then there were two rescues. Two rescues. We had a pit bull oh, that we rescued. Yeah, I ha- so I have to tell you the story about the pit bull. Okay, so my sister Elvis. and I, my twin sister and I, we were out garage sailing one day in like Merriam. I mean, out, out in the boonies somewhere. And I'm pregnant with our first child, Elizabeth. And I was about, I don't know, six or seven months pregnant. <laughs> Pretty pregnant. <laughs> Pretty pregnant. <laughs> and we were hitting all the garage sales. I was looking for baby stuff, you know, out doing all the new mom. So excited. But my sister and I, uh, there was, uh, we were passing by and there was this big plywood sign in this overgrown, condemned house along the way. And we, and there was a bunch of stuff sitting out in the front. So we thought that was the garage sale. We pulled in and there's this dog with this spike collar and there's like a bedpan as a drinking bowl on this heavy log chain. And I mean, he's just barking, 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 barking. And the, the, it's, I mean, you can clearly see he's a pit bull, mm-hmm. pit, you know, he's a pit bull mix of something. Dog people will know pit bulls have a very unique bark. Yeah. <laughs> and so, um, so I got out of the car and, and so I told her, I said, go, go turn him loose. Go, go. There's no reason because the, the sign read, it said, dog needs home fast name Elvis. Lang remote. And, and so that's all that there was. And my heart broke for this poor animal. I mean, I love dogs and do not take a pregnant lady to go. <laughs> now, bear in mind, we already have three. <laughs> we do have we three. We have three dogs but, in our house. But my sister, she said, I'm not going in there because he's, he's just barking, barking, barking. <laughs> And you can tell by dogs barks. I mean, this poor dog just wanted somebody. So I walked up to him. You know, he's still chained up. He's still barking. And I walked into his pen in in the area where he was. And I just stood there and I let him check me out for a minute. And, you know, he was totally calm. 
I just I just knew this dog needed help. You know, people crying out for help. It's like like people crying. You can just see that they need help. And so I turned him loose. I'm like, I'm not this this dog is going to he was he was so skinny. He looked like he hadn't been fed. I mean, just I felt so terrible for him. He was awful. Mm -hmm. And so we drove down to the neighbors where the um, and mind you, that probably wasn't the best thing to do was to just turn turn the dog loose. But. Uh, but you felt bad for but him. But I felt bad for him. So I don't advise that. Please don't do that. <laughs> Take them to the shelter or something. Because <laughs> retrospect, looking back on it, I probably shouldn't have done that. But I went back and rescued him. So I'll get back to that story. So we go down to the neighbors and I I asked the woman about the dog that was tied up. And she said, that dog has been there for months. Oh, my word. Poor I, guy. Poor guy. I mean... My, my heart sank. I'm like, I have to go back for him. I like, I'm going to go, I'm going to go rescue this dog because I felt so bad for him. <laughs> so not knowing if he would come back, I, I had no idea. So I get out and I start calling this dog Elvis. So I'm like, come on, buddy, come on. And, you know, just hollering for him because we'd been gone for, you know, 10, 15 minutes. And here comes this dog bouncing out of the weeds and he comes running up to our car and no joke i open the back door and that dog just jumped in like he was so excited was to so, come home with me and so i was ready. so i get in the car and then i have to make the phone call to my husband <laughs> <laughs> so i get this phone call from my pregnant wife who's in tears i am i like sobbing i'm like can i please bring you home? I'm like too late now i'm bringing the dog home <laughs> which of course when you're dealing with a very pregnant wife is is not unusual to have her in tears over something <laughs> you can be very emotional very but emotional. but here she's she's telling me the story about this dog and can we can i please bring him home and what's gonna happen to him <laughs> So I reluctantly agreed and we thought, well, we'll, we'll get him some help and then, you know, someone will adopt him. Uh -huh. And long story short, we got him the, the help that he needed and then he adopted us. Right. And he ended up staying and he was, oh, he was, uh, he was ornery. Oh yeah. He had, you can tell when you're dealing with a dog that has not had discipline mm -hmm. and, but he, our original three just kind of welcomed him in yeah. as part of the pack. And he learned. He learned, yeah. Oh he, yeah. He 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 didn't know how to he 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 wasn't socialized. Yeah. You could tell he had been abused. Mm -hmm. Um but boy he was just the once he had decided that this is that our home was where he wanted to be, he was the best dog ever. Yeah. And he still got into things. I remember <laughs> remember <laughs> coming home one night and he had gotten up on the kitchen table and eaten all the roasted all the roasted pumpkin seeds pumpkin seeds that, that I made yeah. from carving the pumpkins <laughs> oh, yes uh, so anyway so yeah and then we had a, we had another rescue we had a great mm -hmm. dane a great dane um our our friends down the street we would go down and pick her up all the time and and take her on walks and um so so yeah we had five dogs big dogs right and so the house that we lived in we had a big 10 acre vacant field about mm -hmm. two blocks from our house so we we trained our dogs well enough that we could take them and let them run off leash um and that was just our life you know we had we were the dog people and then we had our our new baby 
So we had five dogs and a newborn, uh-huh. <laughs> and then uh, and then we started wanting uh, another one, another not another dog, another baby. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So didn't want our kids to, grow, you know, a, an only child, if right, you will. Right. So, uh, do you want to talk about that? Well, um, I can talk about it in the sense of, well, or when we first met. And oh, yeah. I, I told Mark I wanted, you know, five or six kids. Yeah. She told me that she couldn't go out with me anymore. I mean, we literally like our second or third date, like a, like, like our second date. <laughs> she said, well, I can't go out with you anymore because you don't want kids. And I said, in my defense, I never said I didn't want kids. I said, I don't want kids right now. <laughs> so when we met, I was, I mean, I, I was, I was going in the opposite direction. I mean, I wanted to be married, but. I, I didn't come, I grew up like going all through high school. My sister was gone to college and then she was married. So like going through high school, it was like being an only child. So I didn't have younger siblings. I didn't have younger cousins. I wasn't used to being around kids. Babies were scary to me. <laughs> I was just very much okay with, you know, being single guy and not having to deal with babies. <laughs> right. <laughs> and you were the opposite because your sister had So I have a twin and she kids. had five kids. She had five kids, right? <laughs> and so we had that discussion and and uh so then once we uh after we had Elizabeth and then we we had Elizabeth and then we were pregnant two other times and we lost miscarried both Right. Um, the, the second one was really hard because I had to go in and, and actually get a DNC, mm. uh, to, to remove all of the tissue from the losses, the miscarriages. So, because uh, there wasn't, it was what was called a blighted ovum. A there blighted wasn't, ovum. there right. wasn't actually a pregnancy in there that your body thought it was pregnant. But. Right. And I, I still don't know. I, I remember talking to, to, uh, one of our, our doctor friends and, and I remember him explaining it to me, but I still was like, this, you know. It's sort. It's so foreign concept. Don't right. don't really understand. I'm like okay, <laughs> okay. We'll just yeah. remove it, and then and then um, then we got pregnant again with Hannah. And along came Hannah, and <laughs> Hannah was really kind of our our to us our, our miracle child because I think both of us had had sort of gotten in our minds that maybe we weren't going to be able to have another right. child. Yeah, it was hard. I mean, dealing with loss, uh, pregnancy loss is is really hard. Um, yeah. And I think we we just everybody grieves in in different ways and we move on and you know kind of in the back of your mind you think that this this is not really what the lord wants and it's, it's hard to it's I, I remember talking to somebody about it and saying you know it's hard to know how to grieve yeah because uh you never you know i think the, the we lost the first one at like 10 weeks yeah and the second one about around there 10 or 11 mm-hmm. weeks and so it's not even, you don't, we never heard a heartbeat for either one. Uh, you never, it's not like you knew if it was a boy or a girl, you didn't have a name. There was no, you know, you didn't feel kicking or anything like yeah. that. So it was only just kind of an idea. Yeah. This, this, this hope of here's, here's a baby and, and then it was gone. And so it was hard to know how to grieve that because there wasn't anything tangible. Right. We never named mm-hmm. either one. We never knew anything more about them. Mm-hmm. So, but then along came Hannah mm-hmm. and she, 
of course, multiplied our joy. So, <laughs> so uh, Elizabeth and Hannah, our, our two oldest, are about three and a half years apart. And then we thought we were done. And then along comes Caitlin. Okay, so Caitlin is one, going to be two at the end of July. So true <laughs> confession. Um, I, I wasn't really sure. I wasn't really sure that I was pregnant again. I thought, I'm too old to be pregnant. I'm not going to be pregnant again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh, you guys. So so I thought, uh, you know, I'm not really feeling well. I'm just I'm just I'm just going to go to the store just just in case I'm going to get one of those pregnancy tests because <laughs> surely it's going to be negative. Like, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm just under the weather. It's we're coming into fall. It's you know, I'm just not feeling well. Uh, so I go to the store. <laughs> I get home and I take a pregnancy test. And I remember I walked in like it, the line immediately turned blue, both lines. <laughs> and I'm just like, I, I was really in shock. <laughs> like we had planned. We we had we had our whole fall planned out. Because, oh, that's right. <laughs> because our, our, both of our girls were going to be in school all day long. So that's right. you, I mean, you should have heard all the plans that Mark and I had. We we can finally get a bunch of work done. This is the way things are going to go. Oh, <laughs> uh, not so fast, <laughs> says the Lord. Not so much. <laughs> not so much. I walk in and I show Mark. I said, "Honey, I'm pregnant." And what what was the first thing you said? Baby. Oh, I, I think I, I really felt like just punching him in the face. Like, <laughs> I'm like, really? <sighs> well, I mean, what are you going to say? Right? <laughs> I love our girls. I do, too. I like, what a blessing. What a blessing. Like, you know, I think we were just talking about it this morning. I remember, I just, I just remember and not knowing, not knowing that we were going to have a little Caitlin, but having her bring so much joy to our family. Mm hmm. And Caitlin was, uh, I mean, fairly, I guess, uneventful pregnancy. But then, oh, my word. But then when she was born, it was actually very scary. We almost lost her. <sighs> so yes. she was the first one. So the other two were induced and Caitlin mm-hmm. was not. We were going to go in and be induced in mm-hmm. the morning of. Um, you guys, crazy, craziest thing. I, I think sometimes, I, you know, the Lord just has a sense of humor uh, because... So we were actually scheduled to go in uh, on a Saturday morning to be induced. And w- I got up to let the dogs out uh, every morning. It was it was 3 a.m. You know, Mark mm-hmm. and I get up really early. We always we get up. We have our devotions and Bible study time together and talk through our day before, you know, the world wakes up and our kids are up running through the house. Um, so I get up and let the dogs out. And I'm standing there <laughs> And my water broke and not, listen, I never experienced that with the first two, but I remember just looking down at my pants like, <laughs> what just happened here? <laughs> and I'm like, I, I told Mark, I go, um, I think my water broke, but I'm not, I, I don't think that I'm peeing my pants, but this <laughs> is not, this is not good. And we had just finished breakfast. We did. And she came in and, and I just looked there and said, Okay. It's time to go. Right. And, and our doctor said, because I went in earlier because I was having, you know, it, it seemed like through the week I was being checked often and I had gotten checked twice that week because mm-hmm. I just felt like there was a lot of pressure. Like I just, I needed, I needed to go in or something. Somebody had to figure out what was going on. Um, but Caitlin, uh, so we go in and we get to the delivery and 
no one knew how big she was Mm -hmm. because I wasn't any larger than the other two. There was nothing to be concerned about. Um, but this was not your normal size. (laughs) So she got, so Caitlin got stuck Mm -hmm. coming out and, uh, it didn't take long before you could see that it was a situation and neither of us had ever, you know, we didn't understand what was going on, Mm -hmm. um, until very quickly, you know, the doc basically took action and they started pushing on, on your belly and Mm -hmm. pulling on Caitlin and they got her out and pulled her out very quickly. And she came out and she was blue, very, very blue. And she wasn't breathing Mm -hmm. and they quickly took her. And then here comes this whole team of people in to start working on her. Yeah. Because they, they, they had to pull her out quickly because she couldn't breathe. And, and so, um, they, they pulled on her head and, and, you know, pulled her neck back and forth and, um, her arms, I mean, she, she wasn't breathing, you know, and it was in that moment. I remember just laying there and, and all I could do is just, all I could do is just thank the Lord for the opportunity to have this child and whatever was going to happen was going to happen. And it was, it was so scary because you couldn't see what was going on. There were people standing all over, and every time a nurse came over and tried to, oh, it's okay, it's okay, you know, knowing in the back of my mind, well, this potentially could not be okay. Yeah. And I know people who have experienced this not turning out the way that we want, but I just kept saying, Lord, your will and not my will be done. This is this this is this is the this is where I leave it. I leave it with the Lord. And there's literally just nothing you can do. I mean, no. I remember, you know, I'm standing. I'm, I'm, if you've not been in, you know, in a room with a, when a birth is going on, I mean, it's not a simple process in a hospital. There was, you know, a dozen people in there yeah. and I couldn't even get out. So not that I could do anything to help anyway, but I'm watching from across the room and they're going, come on, baby, come oh, on, yeah, baby. Oh yeah, they're slapping her and, and I, you can hear all of this commotion and, they're suctioning and, and I'm just, and, I'm just watching Mark and I'm, I'm, I'm just like this. Either way, yeah. e- either way, it is. It, I can't. I can't control anything else beyond this. And so um, they did. They did get her stabilized, um, but she didn't have any use of her right arm. Right. And so, you know, they took her up to. The, they took her away right away and took her up to the NICU, and she had to stay there. But she was how big was she? she was eight pounds? Eight pounds fourteen, I think. Yeah, yeah eight pounds was, fourteen ounces. She was big. She was. Um, so yeah, so she had what's called a brachial plexus mm-hmm. injury. So, and they, they weren't sure, of course, uh, when they took her to the NICU, they thought maybe that she had a fractured clavicle. Mm-hmm. They, they just didn't know. So they were, you know, they, I think they did x-rays on her and pursuing all there. options. Yeah. I don't... And it's, it was really quite maddening for, for the first, you know, the first couple of hours, especially. Mm-hmm. And then, um, we just weren't sure, uh, initially what you know is she permanently injured is she not is she going to have a limp arm forever Mm -hmm. we we just didn't know but she has uh, through lots of prayer and lots of physical therapy and and lots of attention (laughs) (laughs) 
you would never really know it today. She yeah. so the Lord was was so gracious and uh, really um, brought her through that and helped us to have the wisdom to help her with her physical therapy. And you know she's she's fine. Yeah, <laughs> she's totally fine. By, by all accounts, she has she has full motion of yeah. her arm. I mean, there's there's a little bit of therapy that still needs to be done, um, but she's she's good. And it was interesting, I think, because. We had just we had we had just made the decision that we were going to start on production of Inwood, Inwood Drive, yes. and then, but ten days later, we had Caitlin and and all of that associated drama, mm-hmm. and I think it was it was part of that growing process, at least for me, of you know coming that close to losing another child. Mm-hmm. You know, because we had lost two. Yeah. And um, so to to kind of go through that and then start in on telling the story of Inwood Drive, which is which is all about the demise of an abortionist. It was, yeah. you know, and it was what you were maybe two month, two three months postpartum when we went in and interviewed yeah. the abortion doctor yeah. for the film. So, you know, having for just for me having gone from being you know, very much single guy, you know, not getting married until into my thirties and, um, going from that and having, you know, an apartment that's perfectly clean and well ordered (laughs) 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 to now we have, you know, we, we have our home office, you know, and three young children and it's, you know, there's always a mess somewhere. And it's slightly chaotic, right? And if you've if you've got young children and you know what it is to have toddlers running around, I mean, it's very hard to keep focus on anything. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, and and I've had people ask me, you know, doesn't that frustrate you? Is that hard to you know? I I couldn't deal with that. I'd have to you know, I'd have to go you know, have a different place to work, go to the office, something. And I just, I just tell him, you know, I remember before, before you and I met Mm -hmm. how lonely I was. Mm -hmm. And I, I, the contrast for me is, yes, I can live in a museum, have everything perfectly clean and I'm, and I'm completely alone. Mm -hmm. Or I can have signs of life as I call it, socks on the floor and toys, (laughs) you know, on the couch and (laughs) shoes is lots of shoes. All the time there are shoes and dirty dishes, right? And dishwashers that need replaced. But you know what? I would rather deal with that because those are signs of life than to have a perfectly clean home (laughs) and be alone. (laughs) So. Well, thank you guys for listening. I'm not sure. Again, I don't know. Do we put this? Do we put this out there? Kind of crazy, folks. (laughs) (laughs) No, thank you for listening and joining us today on this episode of family and i'm sure we'll have more stories to bring you (laughs) we so i'm not sure you guys send us a message let us know what it is you want to hear about our family um they were kind of broad topics Mm -hmm. so i'd like to hear from some more dog people (laughs) 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 who out there has had uh more than five dogs with a toddler in the house i'd love to hear from you (laughs) we can compare notes (laughs) (laughs) all right you guys Thank you. As always, thank you for listening and have a blessed week.